0: horror hangout a podcast where two bit of film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, everybody. And we have no Ben Errington today. He's on holiday. He's uh, gone to Torquay. He's gone for a walkie around Torquay, a walkie Um And we're, we're we've not picked on with him. Time. The, show,
1: the show must just go on right so we gotta we gotta do it yeah he told us he's going to is it painting zoo he's at today seeing if any baboons bark any boys you'll
0: know what to do <laughs> painting zoo um what, you, are you a zoo fan do you go to zoos often after <laughs> the <laughs> is that a hobby of yours yeah i'm not, Once a, a, week. not, I'm not a daily <laughs> zoo visitor
1: but i don't i don't mind a zoo um i went to yeah. bristol zoo just before we moved out of there for my birthday it was nice to see the animals, and we kind of get around the moral quandary of zoos because it's a zoo that only, like, has you know only does things for like breeding because otherwise they would be going extinct. It isn't like a, yeah, oh, these these animals are nice. Have a look at them and and things like that. So they try to be like less exploitative, I guess. But basically, I do like looking at the animals. They're all really nice. What's your favorite part of the of the zoo? Um. I like the reptile house because they're interesting. I like to see the crocodiles and stuff. They're cool. I always enjoy a little look at the sea lions. They love, they're having fun. Oh, and they're skidding around. And the yes, well, sliding about. A, yeah, yeah. Look, love them otters and the other sort of aquatic mammals. Yeah. Like a zoo with a bat house, Luke. I like going into little bat caves, seeing them all flying yeah. about the place.
0: Um, you haven't mentioned yeah. monkey monkey house yet, and they're the best. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a monkey man myself. You, you love the, you love them <laughs> apes. I d- I just think there's just so interesting to look at them. They're so agile. The way they sort of swing around and chase each other, and they look they look they look superhuman. It's like watching yeah. superheroes, like lots of little yeah. Spider Men jumping true. around
1: or swinging about the place. Sometimes like
0: stuff out of the. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so
1: many, yeah, out of the <laughs> orifices but um yeah. yeah sometimes with some of the apes it totally depends on the enclosure maybe that's why i didn't pick it because i think a good ape enclosure it's like oh you know you've got loads of space and everything like that. but if you ever see one where they look bored or sad it's like oh you're clever enough to understand what being bored is you're not like a you know an animal that doesn't have that conscious decision
0: but, i remember there was one where it was like on a mound and there were big monkeys, big gorilla type ones. I don't know what I was very young. And they had like little uh like bin lids that they're using to skid down the to slide down the hill. They go back up the hill and do sledging. Sledging, yeah, it's cute. Sounds
1: great. Yeah, I think now, now we've spoken about it, Luke. I, I'm up in my rating of a zoo.
0: A plus <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so horror news. Ben, where is the there is no Ben, there is no horror news. Well, that's what you would say. Uh, had but we, we not, not go Googled to, it. <laughs> had we not Googled it. Um, I, so it's Takashi Miike's birthday uh, today. That, that's worthy of news, right? Yeah, Kashimike, happy birthday. The kind of master of... What is it called? V-Cinema. That's what they called it, right? It was like cheap Asian cinema that was kind of extreme that students and whatever all around the world would, would tell their friend about. I think it was called b Cinema. There
1: was a, I know there was a DVD imprint which I had like the audition on and things like that. That was was like Tartan Asia Extreme was the was Uh, the label. Yeah, had a few of those. Don't know what Tartan is to do with Asia in particular.
0: Scottish Extreme is that? Yeah. You should see the Scottish Extreme cinema films. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Just in a really. (laughs) <laughs> like accents
1: that you really have to tune in on. We should do a Scottish movie, I'm sure there are some good Scottish horror movies.
0: Yeah, um, Takeshi Mickey do you have a favorite Mikke film? Throw me some out, Luke, and I'll try and see if, I, if I've got any
1: favorites. So, we got the list there as we're celebrating the
0: birthday. I have actually, yeah. Uh, so Issue the Killer is a big yeah. one that a lot of people are going about, 13 Assassins, uh, The Happiness of the Katakuris. Visitor Q, uh, Rainy Dog, The Bird People in China, Audition. What was that one? Um, oh, Goza, Goza. That's the, an an oh, insane one. I don't think I've seen Goza. I think of the ones you've you've gone through.
1: It's hard to overlook Audition just because of the mm. like the third act kind of twist to it is so shocking. Just as like you might be thinking, this isn't very extreme at all. I am verging on board and then the the yeah. whole thing comes apart and it is at the time certainly one of the most shocking things I'd ever seen
0: yeah itchy
1: is itchy the killer is the other one I'm probably most familiar with I've I remember again it being shocking but I think that was one I felt that on first watch maybe I didn't take it all in. I only watched on the fairly recently
0: and I'm not entirely sure what happened at the yeah. end.
1: Did you watch the little sort of anime prequel as well, Twitch of the Killer?
0: I Don't think so. No. Yeah,
1: it's it's a lot about a man. Let's there's no there's no way to there's no way to beat around the bush about this. It's a lot about a man absolutely cumming his pants while killing people. Um not not sometimes not in his pants, sometimes just on the floor. Um it's yeah. it's a hard watch. It's not one necessarily that you'd you know got your got a mixed group of friends about. Not all necessarily horror fans, and you sit down to watch that for an evening. But some interesting stuff in there. How about you? Luke? I know you had a season of it. What's your favorite?
0: I think. Well, every time I watch audition, the more the more it becomes that uh, maybe one of my favorite horror movies, maybe one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. I just think there's there's something kind of. Surreal and grotesque about it. At the same time, it's something very mundane and sort of gritty, real about it as well, like the family drama aspect. um And it just that marriage of those two tones is is. You know, when he first calls that time, when he calls her, and the bag moves. the yeah. guy eating the sick out of the bowl. The, that, yeah, there's the sick man that's
1: eating it out of a dog bowl. Is like a tongueless armless. Tong,
0: there's a, just a tongue flapping about like a dead fi- a fish from the floor. I just feel like visually, it's like really, really uh, amazing, and yeah, in the ending, the last, the last act is uh, it's a kind of grim that I really enjoy. The kind of grim mm. that makes me feel like I'm a worse person than I was before I yeah. watched it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Does she, um, you know, does does she kill the little dog as well? The little beagle.
0: Uh, she At I least think, she, she yeah. at least so knocks she him out. Snaps its head the other way around or
1: something, right? Yeah. yeah, glad she gets kicked down the stairs. Then take that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a. Um, you're right. You come away from that film feeling like something's happened to you for sure.
0: Yeah, not to take anything away from the other films. Like I said, there's there's so many. I, I've only seen like I don't know eight or something, um, but it's by far away been the the, the most solid of the Takashi Miike films that I've seen.
1: Yeah, I'd probably want to watch a few more, but it feels like something that, again, if you look at the films of his, that I do know, it's kind of one you have to prepare yourself
0: for. It's not a... I'll stick this on in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Agent Extreme, did you see the trailer for Prisoners of the Ghostland? It's...
1: Is that the Nick Cage one?
0: Yeah, so Sion Sono, who's meant to be the sort of modern Takashi Miike guy, who's an insane filmmaker. Uh, Him and... Uh, Nicholas Cage. I have no idea what it's about. This it looks kind of cool. Cool poster I saw. It's on um, at
1: Fright Fest, right? Is that?
0: Yeah, this yeah. week, next week, last week, some point
1: in time for when you're listening, from when everyone's listening to this. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a film. It is, or was, or will be a film at Fright Fest this year. <laughs> um, yeah. Along with um, there's another kind of extreme Asian horror. It's sadness. I think they might no, be no, closed. No. That might be closing. The, it's like a um all feels very real. It's like there is a pandemic, which for a while means everyone has to stay in. Um, you know, oh, yeah. they're, more, they're more inconvenienced than anything else. Yeah. But then after that, they all come out and everyone starts getting, I imagine, the sadness, and it makes them kind of a bit zombie-y. But but they are alive and they're mostly doing their, like, it makes them really like sadistic murderers, basically. Everyone turns into a right wrong. and oh,
0: okay. sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. There's some really good films that were like, they're on Pride Fest this year.
0: Hmm. And we didn't even get an invite. No, uh, we didn't even we get an invite.
1: Yeah. Sad Eyes. <laughs> next year, we'll, maybe next year, like, when travel is a little bit more certain and people feel a little bit more certain about going to places, we'll. Yeah, try and go along. Maybe do some special apps if people are interested. Live yeah. from the show floor.
0: <laughs> that sounds good. Um, any other news that we saw? Oh, the the Spider Man. Um, oh yeah. No Way Home trailer teaser teaser trailer block dropped. Yeah. Teaser kind of ran. our.
1: I know. We always like. I know we're on the surface a horror podcast, but I think we always have to mention. I think it's fairly obvious we all enjoy the the superhero movies. So yeah yeah it was exciting to watch that trail all of the new phase stuff to be honest and i am a little behind in the fact that i've not seen black widow yet it kind of dropped when i was getting ready to move so yeah I was busy i, I want to catch up before. on black widow before i go and see shang chi which also looks good
0: have you seen suicide squad yet no still not okay i'm actually going like- again tomorrow because my have uh, skipped our friend Skip uh, is going. He wants to go see it, so I'm going to go with him tomorrow. Oh,
1: I might go to the cinema tomorrow. Depends what time I'm carrying it home for work, but it's either that or Free Guy, which I'm also hearing good things about. So we're
0: going to watch that last last week. We're doing a we're doing a weekly movie thing now. That's what we're Nice, doing. yeah, oh yeah. We need to.
1: I need to get caught up with a couple of those, but yeah, Spider Man in particular looks to be a lot of
0: fun. I always like when Spider Man and Doctor Strange get to uh, Japes. I always like, like I always think of Madam web or the Spider-Man animated, oh. um, show bit with, I think I talked to my friend about this today in the, um, animated show. They had the multiverse thing happening and they yeah. had Ben Riley, the Scarlet spider as like a little cameo. And I was like blown away. Oh my God. They've got Ben Riley, the Scarlet spider in this day and age. I want, I think we should get a Ben Riley, Scarlet spider movie and or TV show. Yeah. And I'm not taking no Marvel. <laughs> We've got to get. We've got to get one. We've got Moon Knight TV shows. We've got um, WandaVision. Why can't we get Scarlet Spider Ben Riley TV show? Ben Riley would be good. Ben Riley would be good. Yeah, Toby. Yeah, you know who played Ben Riley? Good, Andrew Garfield, because he's been scorned by the Spider-Man franchise a little bit, so he could probably be a little bit, you know, a little bit scarred.
1: Yeah, is is that animated series of Spider Man? Is that your entry point into the character as well? Because I know certainly it was what I always thought of as Spider Man for a long time.
0: Well, wow. yeah, yeah, that and Ultimate Spider Man a little bit later, I think. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I was I was huge into that series and that. I
1: guess that um, Secret Wars thing that they used to finish the series off with yeah. all the different Spider Men and before that. I think maybe it was one of the first times I realised that oh, these individual things I've seen cross over. So there's Iron Man with
0: with oh. Spider
1: Man, and there's the Fantastic Four in the same place. And yeah, it was great. It was great, great series. And I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing it
0: pan out. What they're going to do with it, like well, it, it's a, it sounds like the Multiverse of Madness, the Sam Raimi film, is probably going to be quite linked to this one in in, in yeah. other ways, which is quite exciting.
1: Yeah, they're all building up to a lot of things. And I imagine that teaser trailer is any person who does a trailer breakdown with, you know, red arrows and like yellow circles that you draw around <laughs> things. It's probably their dream because there's so many. Is this that I've seen? M- I woke up this morning. 128
0: like, things you might have missed from the 10-second teaser trailer. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: all the things you might have missed and then loads of wild speculation of, well, that's Daredevil's arm. That's, yeah. Matt Mur- that, that's Matt. That's Matt That's
0: the the Hulk smell. There. That's the you Hulk just, smell. Yeah.
1: You see this little blob in the background there? That's a Venom. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. It feels like with the load of trailers they've dropped recently, the one thing that seems to have washed over a lot of people, or people don't know what to make of, is the Eternals, right? I don't even know what they are. To be honest, I've I've read very little Eternals. It is. It feels like a an impenetrable thing. I mean, Jack Kirby's behind a lot of it, so it's you know a legendary creator, but it's it's huge, huge stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. I know so little about it. Is but, it is it the Marvel <laughs> New
0: Gods essentially? Yeah, is it?
1: effectively, okay. it is yeah. Marvel. It is Marvel New Gods, and they're tied into a lot of other things in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I know there are some people that are like, oh, maybe this one isn't going to be for for me or what have you. But I remember many years ago when uh, they pitched the Guardians of the Galaxy film, and I was like, oh, I'm less familiar with these guys. I'm not sure. I'm not True. sure if I'm as excited about it. Probably one of my favorite movies they've done.
0: Yeah, yeah. You should really watch the Suicide Squad.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no spoilers. But are you? Um, were you especially satisfied having read the, um, you know, the Grant Morrison Justice League run with Starro and that as well?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, was, I, was, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually think some of the elements have probably been, because I had no idea really what they were doing with Starro in, in, in it, but now I've seen some of the promotional material. Um, I think you, there were some things that might've been a bit spoiled, maybe not so much, but I just didn't know they were going to go all out Starro <laughs> quite like they do. It's yeah. It's a hundred percent Starro. Oh man. I have to really hurry up and see this. I'm away again this weekend,
1: not at the cinema. <laughs> well, when I get back, then now's yeah. the
0: time. Uh, well, speaking of stuff you might see this coming week, have you seen anything this week that has just been has just been done happen?
1: Um, very little, if I'm honest. We ran straight from the last episode. I watched Creep Show early, and then we've been. Uh, Busy in writing and editing because Halloween is creeping up on us, as you know, Luke. So, yeah. a lot of a lot of writing, a lot less watching this week. But obviously, always time to watch the film of the week. So the one, it's like doing this podcast is the best reason because then, like, even if you feel like you're not getting much time to watch any movies,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: there's um, you know, there's there's
0: something that you say. Oh, well, I've got to sit down and watch this. Got a podcast to record. That's a good excuse. How about you? Well, so I watched Free Guy. At the cinema, which is not a horror in any sense of the word. But what I will say is so it's basically Ryan Reynolds, he's a computer game character. He's like a sim. No, no, it's like a Grand Theft auto game, and one mm-hmm. of the one of the uh NPC characters becomes sort of self aware and it's that kind of thing. Um, what I will say about it is that it's a lot of fun and it's like a really high concept, high budget entertainment film that you just don't see anymore. Like you get all the superhero stuff, sure but this this reminds me of The Truman Show or, you know, the old uh, Bruce Almighty or, I yeah. don't know, Ace Ventura yeah. <laughs> and maybe some non-Jim Carrey films. I don't know if any existed. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's that kind of, it's a high concept, fun film um, and it's surprisingly decent. Uh, what a, but it does really try to tap into every single kind of trending thing happening right now. There's 90s nostalgia music, there's Ryan Reynolds, there's streamers, so many streamers. The that streamers. Just like, well, Jack, just get Jack Setskai in it for, uh, he doesn't have to come to the studio, he can just record from home. And they've just got so much of that, like the which is recording from home. And it just, it makes it feel a lot less cinematic when you're like, I've seen this exact shot on YouTube for hours. Like, I don't, I don't know, it, it takes me out of it. But especially when it feels like it, it's not adding to anything, it's just there to um, it's that, appease um, the kids. It's there yeah, the same as a you know, someone does a Fortnite dance and the... there's that in yeah. there there's um I mean it's a video game thing so it, it kind of doesn't make sense to have it. Uh but there's like there's the Star Wars stuff, Marvel stuff. They're just they're just trying to hit every single thing that they can. And Maybe that's because they don't make movies like this anymore so they just yeah. need to make sure does it do you
1: feel like this is going to be because if you're talking about other things that are taking ips and referencing them i know the new space jam is a lot like that right do you feel like this is going to be the thing that there was a huge build-up to new space jam and then that feels like it's been so far from the reception the commentary i've seen people are finding that a bit on the nose and a bit this doesn't know, feel, this doesn't, doesn't, like, doesn't like doesn't like satisfy people's palate but it feels like this has been really well received so
0: yeah um i think the thing is the actual story is quite nice and quite engrossing and and quite entertaining i don't know space jam i haven't seen it um the space jam is that what they call it they're doing I don't the know. Suicide squad thing yeah um but um the, i i don't know i would say i just enjoyed watching it and then it was just those like 20 minutes worth of streamer stuff going on that kind of took me out of it a bit.
1: Just um, kind of like, oh, it's not for you. And I heard some
0: commentary on
1: another podcast that, you know, references back to 90s stuff. It's one about, um, what's the Sonic Comic podcast, really reliving really the 90s um, vibe yeah. there. And the guys pointed out on that, it's one of those things that takes you out of it at a certain age. I think one of the hosts was saying that that bit in how is it infinity war or end game end game where they visit thor and he's depressed and he's playing Fortnite and he's like oh, i didn't know he was playing Fortnite." but there was a kid in front of him that was losing his mind and it was like yeah if it had been something that was yeah. if i had been a kid and it was a game i was currently playing oh, yeah. i'd have gone mad
0: that like oh this that's true yeah. and there was there's someone in the cinema who was with his mum like a, he was like 12 or something and he was like, every time one of those kind of YouTubers came on the t- or Twitch streamers came on the TV, he was like, oh, man, that's, that's that's the guy from that program. <laughs> or like, that's Blitzface, or whatever they call these people. Ninja Man. I don't yeah. know what they're called.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the same for us, right? If, if we were watching as a kid and Dominic Diamond came on,
0: or Patrick Mr. Motivator. Or, yeah, Mr. Motivator. We <laughs> were like, oh, Mom, it's be on even, TV. Imagine if Mr. Motivator turned up the free guy. I would have lost my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. what a time! Be yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's see, that's the nostalgia film I want to see. One that brings back like Mr. Blobby. Yeah. Mr. No B- I was going to go to
1: I was going to go to Mr. <laughs> Blobby as the one as well. The cultural gladiators icon of childhood. Oh wolf. yeah.
0: All of them. Oh, Jet.
1: Like that. That'd be it. Like <laughs> it's goes, <a bizarre>. I choose <laughs> your champions, free guy, and he goes. I choose Wolf and Jet from Gladiators and they come to help him. <laughs> wow! I choose a
0: referee. You oh, John Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that oh. nostalgia uh, trip. That'd be amazing. Yeah.
1: That'd be great, and I think that's the thing as well. I haven't seen the movie of Ready Player One, oh, um, but yeah. I know that I've I know that. that is a huge thing that, on paper, should be exactly my thing. But I started I started on the book, and for all my best efforts, I really bounced off it
0: like i was like oh, i've heard a lot, um, i've heard this a lot of people felt similarly
1: it felt like um at some points I, I i got where the story was going
0: but and you know
1: not a criticism of a much more successful writer than me but it is a criticism i bounced off it because it read a lot like lists um yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like oh you know a playing defender on my 1982 you know my 1982 atari and things like that. and i was like well you're reading it like you're showing that you know all these things. If the reference is for people who know it, you can just say you're playing Defender yeah. and leave it at that. But it feels like it's a very extensive, it almost feels gatekeeper-y in some bits and things like that. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's incredibly popular. And I know there's a huge amount of excitement for Ready Player 2. And I have a feeling of guilt that this is designed for people like me and I just couldn't get on with it. I feel like I might have to read it again, but like it came to a point, I was a few chats in, it felt like homework. So I was like, no, no more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. I I mean, I'd say it is a fun watch. It's not going to blow you, blow your bollocks off, but uh, it will entertain you. Uh, (laughs) I also watched Blood Red Sky on Netflix, which is the the vampires, the stakes on a plane, as people were saying in the chat. um, that's I a much better
1: title. Should have called it that.
0: <laughs> I thought it was... Um, oh, well, I, I called it Vlad the Inplaner,
1: <laughs> which maybe also is not
0: sketchy. Why aren't um, they
1: employing you guys for, like, taglines for movies? <laughs> like, stakes on a plane could have been a great tagline.
0: Yeah, that is pretty great. Um, uh, it's okay. It's about um, a woman who is taking her son across on a plane to, I think she's going from, um, I don't know, from Germany to, um, Transylvania uh,
1: to Transylvania.
0: <laughs> I think from Germany to Scotland, I think I can't remember. Um, anyway, she gets on the plane and it's, a it's, uh, um, Conair kind of. No, it's not a Conair. Air Force. One, one of them. Anyway, the, 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 there's terrorists on the plane and they, they no. take over it and they're doing some evil scheme. Um, and then they don't realize, but this one woman who she's like freaking out for some reason, who's our main character, um, they like, take her out. Like, what are you doing? What are you freaking out for? And they, um, they they dispose of her. They don't realize that by disposing of her, they've unlocked the vampire within. The vampire um, and it's powers. basically vampire versus uh, Conair on a plane. Okay. But it does, go, it does go pretty crazy at the end. Uh, which is fun. But it's just it's quite slow. I feel like it's that kind of film should be really zippy and pacey. Uh, but yeah, it's quite how, slow. how long
1: is it? It feels like that is a good 80-minute,
0: like just a splash fest. But... Like a zinger of a film. It yeah. should be a zinger, but it's not a zinger. It's a it's a longer. It's a longer film than oh, you'd expect no. it to be. Yeah.
1: What what is it? Does it run out of momentum? Do they have trouble sticking to a landing or an ending or
0: <laughs> well the funny enough the plane does land? Oh. Uh, but uh, the film, that's good. I actually think that like, the last half an hour is fantastic. I just think it takes a while; it takes too long getting there. Yeah, because to be fair, that film on its
1: own, that concept, and the amount of time you took to explain it is enough. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't need that much more backstory or explanation. There's a lot know. of flashbacks, a lot of lost style. Oh no! All the island don't care about flashbacks. What you'll want is the te- unless we have one flashback of the terrorists going, the terrorists going. Okay, we've planned for every possible eventuality that could happen that will stop us doing this hijacking, and then one of them's like, "Oh, um, what about vampires?" They "Shut up, Jerry! No one's interested in a stupid <laughs> vampire contingency."
0: <laughs> yeah, and then when he when the vampire does come out, Jerry's like, "Hmm."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but people uh, still don't
0: want to hear his plan <laughs> yeah that's bit that's about it other than uh creep show i've been reading a lot but um too much too much gone about uh and there's a lot of creep show to talk about there's like there's much creep show there's five creep show five creep show yeah a whole bad creep show
1: plus a wraparound story so yeah creep
0: show future creep show came out in 1982 it's an anthology film which tells five terrifying tales inspired by the EC horror comic books of 19 of the 1950s. I haven't got it written down, but um, it's directed by George Romero and it's, it is, is it all written by Stephen King? I think screenplay is written by Stephen King. Yeah. I think it's the whole cool. thing. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Um, his fingerprints are all over some like, and he's, he's, you know, hamming up one particular story. Um, in terms of ratings it's got a 6.9 out of 10 on imdb rock tomato says it's 74 percent critics 68 68 audience letterboxd is at 3.6 um some truth reviews here there's a lot of love for this one i will say mm-hmm. so lucy ta said all things considered leslie nielsen is pretty fuckable in this five stars uh that's from lucy ta and Firemaster put complete pile of dog crap, half a star, and Jerry. But I love this movie. It doesn't scare me like it once did when I was a kid, but I still enjoy it after all these years. Half a star. I have a feeling he might have accidentally (laughs) clicked the wrong. He might have clicked, yeah. (laughs) Classic Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, uh, I said two bad. Well, I said a good one and a bad one, a kind of confusing one, but. The majority of them were really positive, I will say. People love this film. It's the film we grew up
1: with. I feel like this is one of these films as well, and we'll go to the individual stories, but I feel coming away from this, certainly me, I haven't watched it for a number of years, but I was a fan of it many years ago when I first saw it. I feel because of the anthology nature of it, the thing that sticks in your head are the stories that you like the most. And then the ones that don't work so well for you you kind of just forget they happened.
0: Yeah. It's the same with any um, anthology. They're all going to have ups and downs depending on your preference. Um, I was, yeah. So I said about the Stephen King fingerprints. He, if you read any of his short story collections, he really enjoys a short story where someone's got like a plan or something and it takes them (laughs) ages to get to it. I'm thinking of like the, the crate episode or uh, Leslie Nielsen, the title. He loves people who've got an evil plan, they're gonna take ages to get really execute on that yeah, plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I mean, even Nielsen his own mold. even his own
1: story has got has got the guy has a plan, you see him plan it, but um
0: yeah. quite I <laughs> quite like that in this film. There's a lot of like um imaginary flashbacks and imaginary flash forwards where they're thinking <laughs> yeah. like that specific episode with Jerry... Is it Jerry? Stephen King, where his name is. Oh, isn't it Geordie, maybe? Uh, what is it? Uh, Geordie Farrell, Geordie yeah. <laughs> Geordie Verrill, that's the fella. Like, imagining... That feels quite literary, or it feels like what yeah. Stephen King... In a Stephen King book, he would write out someone imagining the whole two
1: role. $200, not a penny less.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: you 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 watched this earlier early on? Um, yeah, um it's been a long time. I feel like there's I have some memories of seeing at least parts of this growing up, particularly remember the image of the ape. And then I watched it yeah. again maybe as a, you know, teenager early twenties
0: had seen it again, you know, with a retro feel to it by um... then. Does this hit your nostalgia hit your nostalgia button organ? Part,
1: parts of it do, but it might be a mix on this one because I don't remember I saw this film enough as a little kid for it to really be... My main memory of seeing this is as already an adult and it was already a piece of like retro horror content that I really yeah. remember seeing it. I think the nostalgia bit I get from this and the hit of it is the some very familiar faces in the ways that you know the heights of their fame perhaps and I see them you know case in point Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen are in the same story and yeah. Ted Danson is of an age that I remember growing up and seeing him when he was you know incredibly popular in Cheers which we used to have on at my parents house as a kid and they used to laugh when the laugh track came on even though I didn't get it um <laughs> yeah. you know you know you can watch it now it's on Channel 4 of the mornings, and you think, oh, actually, this was funny. I can see why it was popular. But Leslie Nielsen was a big nostalgia hit for me because he is the naked gun guy when I was growing up. And I used to watch those films to yeah. death. I used to watch them constantly. And, and of course, tell. yeah, horror it's classic. <laughs> yeah, horror classic, Dracula Dead and Loving It as well. <laughs> what, a, what a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about you?
0: What was your sort of I only watched history? it for the first time like a couple of years ago, I think. Um, I do not have any nostalgia for this film at all, which I don't think puts it in good stead because uh, it seems, from all the comments I'm reading on Letterboxd, it seems to be the kind of film that people would just put on when they were doing other stuff, like a Saturday morning, just shove Creepshow on and just, I don't know, play with your Lego at the same time. Yeah. I think maybe if for some people, this is how I feel about like, are you afraid of the dark or something like that? Where I just watch them over and over and they're pretty crap now, but
1: it's got that kind of feel to it as well. Right. It hasn't got anything that apart from a few minor points, there's nothing that's too explicit in here. I feel like, especially if you had a kid that was into horror comics, I guess like the comics themselves are intended for in the fifties. Right. It's a, it's, very overtly, this is horror stuff. This is a spooky guy and is a monster, yeah. and you know, it's it's not anything. There's no subtlety behind some of those horrors, but it does feel like this could be um, reflecting back to your conversation with Alice and so on. Mm. For the right kid, you have a morbid little kid like I was, or whatever. You could sit down in front of this, and this could be a yeah. entry into horror without too much of your effin' and jeffin'. And your you know your other stuff that goes in there that really makes it unsuitable for a kid. Feel that like this is something you could give some kids as their entry into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so uh, I mean the cast list is huge. Uh we've got Stephen King's son, Joe King. He's credited here, but he is the author, Joe Hill, uh, and a really great author as well. Have you read any of um his lock and key comic i've read um the first couple of volumes of lock and key i've done i've got the rest
1: i you know got it on a digital sale later and filled out the rest of the collection but i need to get around to reading them. it's
0: great brilliant really really good yeah um so joe kington we've got um oh um tom atkins plays joe king's dad yeah uh, he's
1: uh from the film a couple of weeks ago right he's the detective from maniac
0: cop yeah yeah uh, Adrian Barbeau saw so, as a really annoying wife in one of them. Um, oh, yeah, for a second when she was on, I was like,
1: "Is that the is that the receptionist
0: from Jack Frost?" But it isn't. <laughs> just got she just got a similar haircut in that era. Ed Harris, if, if, if was like doing this really stupid dance. <laughs> Ed Harris is an interesting looking guy. Ed Harris right? is dancing at first glance. So it's not Robocop, but it isn't. It's Ed Harris. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even mean it. He's got like a similar sort of shape to him. Um, who else? Um, Stephen King, obviously. Stephen King, who is like, we mentioned this in the chat earlier, hamming it up so much. He's having the time of his life. Yeah. I do bet he could have been like an actor or something, if that, if or a performer of some kind, he's very comfortable and confident being kind of big and goofy.
1: Yeah, he had, a, he had a great time. And I think, as you said, while we were chatting as well, as much as he is hamming it up, Leslie Nielsen is playing the straightest role i have ever seen him in.
0: Hamming it down. But yeah. even though Leslie Nielsen is is speaking quite straight, it sounds like he's delivering, because he, when he's delivering lines make Naked again, he delivers them so, like, uh, deadpan. Yeah, he's a, you he, know he comes across <laughs> very seriously. In this, it sounds like he could be, you, might, you maybe just don't get the joke. Like he's saying something funny, I'm just not sure what it is.
1: <laughs> I read a little bit of trivia on Leslie Nielsen as well, that even though he played it very straight in this role, he did bring like because obviously he's on the surface of a very famous comedy actor, um, he brought like a fart machine in his pocket. So then, when he was doing very serious takes, he would set it off just to like make everyone else laugh and put them off. So, in many ways, poor poor George Romero probably had a nightmare like getting loads of like laugh takes out of everybody. But um, yeah, I I think he's one of the best things in this.
0: I think so too. Yeah. Um, Ted Danson, we mentioned Richard Gere, uncredited as Man on TV. Who was Man on TV? So it, at one point, is the, the TV Leon? on and just the gear is on? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's uh, I think it's a man in the Leslie Nielsen. There's a, a guy on the news or something talking at some point. Oh, wow. And I always thought, in fact, when I was watching it, I was like, that's so a random thing to let in the film. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the film. Um, who else we got? Adrian Barbeau, Um don't recognize many. They're all the ones that I recognize, to be honest.
1: Either way, an absolutely huge cast, and and also a skeleton like the
0: Crypt Keeper's brother. Yeah, the creep, the creep keeper. Yeah. I if you, if you by the way, did you watch um, the TV show? The
1: creep no, show? I, I when it first came out, I don't didn't have sure, ever. I do now. It's on my list to catch up on if I ever have some of the legendary free time that the people
0: speak of. Yeah, it's um. They seem to try to make the creep more of a character. I mean, I don't think he speaks at so it; just does that, just as like a big laugh. But they did try to a little, make more of a.
1: Does a little wave to joking when he's at the window when he's a puppet for that time. He's like,
0: Yeah. Do you think he should have talked, or do you think it would have been like there's two crypt keepers? No, it's two crypt keepers. He talks because what voice would like? <laughs> yeah, look like at it... the,
1: look at that, look at that face and try and imagine anything but the the crypt keeper's voice coming out of it. It'd be a high-pitched laugh and like a voice. It's not going to be, <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, you'd just be expecting a pun, some sort yeah. of pun to come out. Yeah.
1: Oh, you know, what you could do Leslie Nielsen's voice
0: for the <laughs> Yeah, I would like it. I'd like it if you did that. Um, so the wraparound story is about a young boy named Billy Hopkins, who played by Joe King. Uh, he's reading his comic book, but his dad, Tom Atkins,
1: uh, he's he's, he's furious, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a bad dad, Tom Atkins, and he's saying, Oh, what are you doing reading this absolute? Shit? Um, you can't have him warping the kids. Made a note here that, um, poor, poor little Billy being warped by comics is the least of his worries. He's got an abusive 80s dad,
0: um, <laughs> yeah. What what is the big deal? It's just that he doesn't like comic books. Oh, and doesn't then he doesn't like jokes. doesn't like yeah horror comic books. Thinks they thinks they're bad business. And Joey even says, "What about your naughty magazines that you keep in in your dresser?" Yeah. And the dad doesn't even say anything about that. The, the wife he goes, oh, he's, uh, he
1: just says, "Oh, that, uh, and not only are you reading trashy horror comic books, you're also a fucking snitch."
0: <laughs> because it's just a fucking snitch. It does. I think he's, it's he's like, said, a, oh. like a. a uh, like a snoop or something. So like you've that. been you've been snooping. You <laughs> threw your stitch.
1: <stage. laughs> yeah, he's at all like. Cheers, mate. Oh, 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 we're both
0: we're both going down now.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, his dad deflects from that quickly, so he's not in trouble with the wife. He just like goes, Oh spending your money on this rubbish.
0: I'm going to waste your money by throwing it in the bin." I remember when I first. Got some pocket money, about fifteen pounds. I went into the comic book shop and I bought I think it was was the Ultimate Spider Man Volume One collected edition. And my mum was like livid that I'd spent all fifteen pound of my pocket money on a comic book. Uh and I'm I just like, Mum, just look at my bookshelves now. You'd be <laughs> you'd be so angry with me. But they're kind of an investment. Um In a way, I don't think I'll ever sell them. Oh, God. Like, I'm
1: currently kicking myself seeing the boom in, like, old video game prices. Many years ago now, I got rid of all of my kind of older generation stuff because I'd moved away. I'd lived abroad for a while. I came back and my old bedroom at parent's house was like a pharaoh's tomb. So I was like, no, I just have to move these things along because I'm not ever going to have a house that I can have room for all this stuff. Other people might want to be playing them. And i'm never gonna you know for the for the storage of them i may as well just see them go to a new home so i sold a lot of stuff yeah and a lot of stuff i didn't some stuff like nintendo stuff because that always famously goes up in value i did sell properly but a lot of it i did just um you know lots of ps2 and xbox original stuff i yeah. did just do bulk and you know sell off to a thing and we got decent money for it and it was it's like helpful
0: a music for, sort of thing. yeah
1: yeah it was and it was you know, some things came up at more than just a few pence, but mm-hmm. we shipped an awful lot of stuff. And, you know, for where we were in our lives, it was good at the time. It helped us, you know, get money for the first house we were buying and, you know, the work we had to do on that. So it was useful. But especially off the back of lockdown, some of those things, like especially sealed, some of them were. Because I used to work at game at the time, so I used to grab stuff on a discount and like, just have it on a shelf with no time to play it some stuff still like shrink wrapped and stuff yeah. um and you see some stuff now on on ebay since lockdown and people have got into collecting and stuff it has gone insane ridiculous go. ridiculous and i think i could be a millionaire now but i'm not <laughs> oh well but thankfully my dad never threw anything away or got me in trouble um and
0: has your mom got over it, she sees you buying a new comic with you. I think she got over it by the time we got home. Uh, yeah. She wasn't, she wasn't Tom Atkins mad, Tom Atkins. Uh, so, so Tom Atkins, he froze it in the trash or on the floor. I, guess, I can't remember. Um, and then luckily there's a creep in the window. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: little boy says he's furious. And in many ways he's proving his dad, right? Because he's annoyed with his dad. And he goes, you burn in hell, mate. You can yeah. you can piss right off to hell dad. And then while he's thinking about that, the creep comes to the window, gives him a little wave. Turns everything
0: into an animation with yeah. magic. Uh and then we go into the book, right? Yeah. Into the we first see, story. See the first of our stories, which
1: is Father's Day.
0: Not my favorite of the bunch, I don't think. Uh it's kind of fine. I would say. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's one of these where I have a couple of there's some nice visuals to it and I like some of the individual bits, but the story itself is fairly what it?
0: nonsensical, right? <laughs> a lot of the stories are very plain, I mean very simple plot wise, right? There's not like huge twists and turns. Like basically someone gets done in and then they get they come back to life and get the other person or yeah, it seems to be the formula for Creepshow. Yeah. Um, so, this one, uh, we've got, they're like, there's a, there's a stately home of some kind. There's some kind of birthday party. No, it doesn't sound right. There's... It's
1: Father's Day? Yeah, because it's, I don't know okay. why they, I don't know why the whole family's there sense. on
0: Father's Day, but Ed Harris has just married, they've just married, yeah. Ed Harris is just married into the family. Yeah. Dancing Ed Harris. Um, and, and, they're talking about, oh, they're talking about some random auntie. And they're like, oh, that mad auntie who, who killed the, or like that she went out hunting with her. Yeah. Like she, she killed
1: her. Like she comes every year and she comes every year because she quite obviously everyone knows it's like a family secret that she killed the, I guess the old patriarch of the family, I guess all of their dad's. Most of, like... Yeah, yeah he, all like, of the he, dad. He killed all of the... None of, of them was dad. left alive. Yeah, they killed 100% of the dad. Yeah. <laughs> and we have some flashbacks
0: to... to he's been. He's to like him. a right jerk. He just sits in his chair and just shouts, I want my cake.
1: Yeah, banging his buddy cane against the sides of the chair. You'd give him a chair without arms, wouldn't you? That'd teach him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or... or put cushions on him. Um, and he's banging the chair. And it we have a little flashback to the auntie when she was younger. Um, and she was kind of the member of the family. We've always got one that, you know, that is the closest, the relatives. All the others have gone off to do their thing. And she was kind of stuck living with him, taking, taking care of him. And he's banging his cane on the chair and it's Father's Day. I want my cake. And then he the straw that breaks the camel's back because she hasn't got him a cake and he absolutely cracks the shit and goes, you bitch, where's my cake? And she goes, right, that is it. Does he hit um, her? I think he hits her, right?
0: Maybe he has a swing
1: at her with the cane.
0: He definitely, definitely well, has a go at her. Well, sorry for the chumps. Maybe not, I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, he does. Gives her a slap.
0: Yeah. Um, And she's
1: not having it. So she stoves his head in with a, with a tray. Yeah, um, and now she comes back every year to have a little hangout at his grave and have a bit, have a bit of a drink. And she's on her way back this year. Many years have passed, and Ed Harris is being filled in on this story by the rest of the family before she arrives. got yeah. a bit of a um, ready or not vibe to this, this family and this house.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, there's um, so who we got? There's Ed Harris who's the one marrying the family is. there's like a one of the younger men who's uh i can't read he's quite gossipy i guess is the word i'm looking for yeah that brother is a gossipy little so-and-so yeah um there who else is there there's obviously harris's wife there's like the there's a woman at Isn't there a woman? Just
1: the the posh older sister, who's like Cruella de Vil, just like hanging around there. (laughs) Okay, Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the auntie comes, as as predicted. She goes to see the grave, like she has done many years in the past, except, and this is where it falls for me a little bit, like the scare comes, but it's for no reason. So this is a ritual that she's been undertaking every year on Father's Day without fail, but this year he comes out of the grave and says, it's Father's Day, want me cake, I'm a
0: zombie now BTW and strangles her <laughs> to death yeah um, the, the, uh, the, there's like a vocal effect that they use quite a bit in this film, I don't know what it is, but it's like talking through a comb or something from a bit of paper tied to the yeah. end of it uh, like a, like a gurgly-worsley noise yeah The 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 makeup on the zombie is quite interesting because, like, even though he's rotted away, he's bigger than than he was. Like the the entire mass of his head, so it's obviously like a mask over a real person's head, is uh quite huge. Maybe he had massive bones. I don't know. Yeah, Um, he's he's a
1: pretty from being quite a tiny old man who was stoved in by his daughter. Yeah, he's
0: massive now as a zombie. Yeah. Not a big show. <laughs> yeah. Uh so, so our guys are in the house. as Ed Harris doing his I don't know why he dances like that. I mean that's a that's an interesting choice. They've
1: had a little they have a little dance and we we have a for what is an anthology film, we have an extensive dance scene, right? We get a good yeah. 30 seconds of them just boogieing before the sister goes, turn that down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I can't remember why Ed Harris goes into the, into goes the graveyard.
1: He goes out for a smoke because Ed Harris's thing is his character, his personality is he can do a trick with matches. He can light them like, just like that. Yeah. And he goes outside for a cigarette. He sees a little glint in the distance and thinks it's the auntie who's been told is going to be over. And he nips out to see her and says, all right, is that you? And he falls into the grave to find the auntie dead and then lies there for about a minute while someone slowly topples a stone. Well,
0: just get up. Like, if, if you... Even, like, your natural reaction, if you see something move, you go, fuck it out, and you try and... Like, you... you Even if, like, you, even a shadow of something moving above your head, like, your instant reaction is to kind of roll up and away. But now he kind of just lays down. It must be really comfy or something. And yeah. the, the way the thing's moving, it's like as if someone's pushing it. They, they're intending to... Okay, uh, someone's going to put? If I don't move in the next couple of minutes, someone is going to push that on my head. Yeah, you he know it's the powers where he's got the steamroller, and the guy's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much there. But yeah, unfortunately, Ed
1: Harris isn't able to get out of the way in time, and he is crushed like tongs
0: under a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so also, the zombie dad didn't push the thing. I think he was using, like, mind powers or something. Oh, yeah,
1: because <laughs> he was standing behind him. He used yeah. telekinesis and force-pulled it onto him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, the, the dad is kind of on the loose. He... Um, I can't remember what he just rocks up in the house and starts... Yeah, well, his, his
1: demand is quite clear. He definitely wants cake. So now everyone's in there still, and then the next person comes along. The... You know, it's quite, I'll, it's I'll quite frustrating there. to... Ed, Ed. Yeah, Ed Harris's wife is annoyed that they're, they, they're not back yet. You know, Ed Harris must be just chatting to Aunt whatever her name is outside. I will go and see where they've got to. The old, like, sort of the... I guess the leader of the family now, she goes off into the kitchen, finds the cook dead. She kind of falls dramatically against the glass. Yeah. And there's a little musical sting that she's dead. And then... Um, he snaps
0: her head. He just twist, snaps, twist snaps her head right, right off. off. Yeah, twists yeah.
1: it off like a bird. Um,
0: yeah,
1: and, that, and that's it. It's like a quick, quick snap. Then the other two, they're sort of debating and have a character moment where she wants her brother to go. He doesn't want to go. Then they decide to go together. They walk into a kitchen and he is converted. It's another weird choice narratively. It's the woman whose head he's just snapped off, not the daughter that killed him. Yeah. It's.
0: It's just turned yeah, her into I was a was that why, well, surely you do it to the daughter like you. You get your own back, but it's not that kind of show, apparently. Um, the, and we get the. I guess this would be the iconic creep show thing where we get like the. It. Um, the big reveals or the big ending shots—they're always kind of. Um, they have other like backgrounds. Becomes like yeah. a colored. It becomes, or, it becomes it becomes painted almost
1: and they convert
0: it into yeah. a painted image like
1: a comic panel yeah. and throughout this period as well like ironically they were making him a father's day cake on the day he was killed um the but we have like loads of scenes that have like overt kind of paneling over the um over the moving image behind it so you get like a framing device of a weird shape that yeah Gives it that comic book feel. And I don't dislike it. It's sometimes a little bit distracting, I guess, but um, it's a visual choice. Let's call it that. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, they tried to do something interesting in many ways, like the film that would be negatively reviewed, but I don't think as bad as people give it credit for, The Hulk by Angley. They tried to do some actual comic paneling with it, and it's interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of works, but I mean, it's definitely lingering in people's minds uh, um, for many, many years afterwards. Uh, and that's the end of Father's Day. We then move on to the next story, maybe one of my favorite. I mean, it's it's a bizarre one, really. The lonesome death of Geordie Verrill. Uh, and this is based on a, a King short story, "Weeds." Um, and Geordie Verrill is played by Stephen King himself. This is like I would say the comedy portion of the. Yeah,
1: of the this movie. is definitely the funny one, right? This one is overtly funny, almost slapstick
0: in places. Yeah, uh, Stephen King plays. Well, it says a uh, dim-witted, backwards yokel, maybe like stereotypical, dumb. <laughs> yeah, um, it,
1: it, he's just yeah he's. You know, probably it's a little bit of a problematic um, <laughs> yes, uh, say, portrayal yeah. of a um, <laughs> of a person that lives in like the not the outback, but you know what I mean, kind of the the middle of nowhere in one of those one of those states of the US where there is like a really sparse population, yeah. And you know, it's mostly like farm folk, and uh, yeah, he doesn't portray him as the the smartest man in the world, but. One day he looks out of his window just as a meteor has come down. And that's kind of the thing, right? Unlike some of the yeah. other stories, unlike the previous one in this thing actually where there's so much setup to what's happening, literally it starts in a desert town and a meteor falls from
0: the sky and he's straight out to go and get it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> uh, and he's talking about, I think he tries to, I think maybe straight away he pictures himself taking it to the, to, yeah. the, to the college, to the university. Has, or it's got this image uh, in his mind of what a, what a college. A num-
1: is. Yeah, a number of like fantasies about. He's saying, "Oh, I'm going to take this. I wonder what they're them." guys down at the college will say and he goes (laughs) to like the department of meteors and he's like (laughs) oh how much do you want for this lovely meteor and it's like i'll take no less than two hundred dollars it's a box
0: of cash as a (laughs) toolbox of cash (laughs) um
1: it's fun it's fun and the same guy who works the department of meteors is pretty much everyone else who he imagines as we go (laughs) on later on he's the doctor um so yeah it's just about him trying to that and he begins like burns his fingers on the meteor because it's hot
0: yeah uh, i think he tries to fit it in his bucket and i think it snaps into for some reason the meteor oh that's when he's trying to meteor yeah. shit and he yeah. gets some meteor shit on his on his hands yeah and that's the green stuff i think that's where it first starts
1: yeah he breaks it and he has the fantasy about oh no i've broken it now and he goes back and has another dream about the thing where it's like he says something to it. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to give you like that $200 for your broken ass meteor. Yeah? Like, I'm not going to, um, I'm not giving you anything for that. And it's like, wah, wah. And it's like, old oh, Geordie Farrell, you've done it again. You. It's kind of like old Gil from the Simpsons. <laughs> oh,
0: Gil. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, tra- <laughs> um, so he, uh, he takes it inside. Um, And then we start to see, like, a path of green weeds to the house from the meteor site to the house. Yeah. Um, I see, remember, he watches the TV a lot here as well.
1: Yeah, he watches
0: watches some wrestling. He watches some
1: WWF. Yeah. um, Which was the name at the time. I'm not behind the times. I'm being seasonally appropriate. He watches some wrestling and just... I guess we see a couple of things that are traits from his character, and I guess this is a Stephen King thing that he's built an entire career on, right? Characters have traits, whether it's a phrase that they have oh, that's going yeah. to be important or a, or a, a tick that they have. So <laughs> yeah. this guy has both. Like He has a tick that he's always like biting at his nails or sucking his fingers or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he also talks about how the old barrel look, it's always in and it's always bad. Well, that's what he first says when he breaks the, um, you know, when he breaks the uh, meteor in half. Yeah. And then he notices that he's got some like, blisters and then some gunge on his hands from when he's touched it. And then he realises, is he getting slightly green fingers? Yeah. And then he notices that he's been, like, dabbing his tongue with his hand the whole time. <laughs> And having a having a beer and things like that as well while he's been watching TV when the weeds have started to kind of
0: yeah does he dream it? about it at some point? I seems for me he, he dreams about some maybe thinking a bit of his dad. In he the has mirror.
1: another day. He has a daydream about having his hands going funny, and he has to go to the doctors. And the same person who was the scientist is like,
0: he's gonna oh, cut those,
1: fingers off those fingers are going to have to come off. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to hurt. And he just goes and gets like a big.
0: Like, like Stephen King's doing a kind of pantomime character as well, even more so in like the flashbacks. Like he's almost looking at the camera.
1: It's very, you know, and again, for trying to capture what it is trying to capture, particularly things of that era. So you're a 1980, like you're a film from the early 80s capturing a comic book from the fifties and sixties and trying to bring across that, that feeling. Um, it, it does that incredibly well. It's incredibly successful, that kind of thing, because all of the visuals are over the top and exaggerated. The characters are caricatures of what, what is going on. And, the the way the exposition and everything works is very comics of that time as well right
0: yeah yeah
1: um
0: <clears throat> so he i think at this point he he does he goes to have a bath because he's itching he's turning into the grinch basically like he's yeah. at this point i think he's kind of half covered um in like a green fluff um it's yeah, super itchy he's- He's going to get in the bath when he sees his dad in the mirror and he starts talking to him. He kind of says,
1: don't go in that bath. If you go in that, it's the water that it wants. And if you go in that bath, you're as good as dead. Yeah. Um, Again, like, oh, dad, you've been dead these, you know, near three years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, He has a big
1: old glass of vodka, but that doesn't make him feel any
0: better. Doesn't like, um, the bottle kind of get all green and stuff as well? Yeah,
1: wherever he's touched and we're seeing, like, there's been a couple of lapses forward in time and you're seeing that he is getting more covered in green goo. You see he goes to the toilet at some point and obviously looks at his crotch and goes, not there! Yeah. Um, yeah, so and eventually, does does he just decide, fuck it, and get, jump in the bath? Or does he fall in, in a com- comedy of errors? I don't know. Because he does linger, staring at the bath for quite a
0: time. Not sure, but I, I do know that the next time we see him, I think he's completely g- covered in green fluff. Yeah, he's, he's
1: evolved from he's evolved from the Grinch into Swamp Thing now, right?
0: Yeah, and he's going to shoot his head off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he shoots his head off, and he. This is kind of he's. We've got that voice effect that you've already noted, and he kind yeah. of. He kind of says, oh, you know, let it not be in this time. I guess he's talking about his luck, that he wants to actually have good luck enough to shoot himself in the head and it work. Um, yeah. And he does, right? He's
0: dead. He's been shot in the head. But um, there's like rains or something that are going to spread the... Yeah, so all of where he lives is basically
1: like outside is like jungle now, effectively. You've got these yeah. weeds everywhere and you hear the TV on saying... Oh, forecast! There's going to be a lot of rain. Yeah, you're going to be surprised how much plants are going to grow with all this rain we're going to have. So, um, I guess the world is bugged. I
0: think so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you said, this is one of your favourites, like this one, Jodie Uh mm. I just think it's quite fun. I mean, I mean, it's probably one of my favourites because because of Stephen King. Um, and you kind of like you get a big a good sense of his humour in this. I mean, even though it's, it's camping over the top as he is in this, um, you I don't know, it always comes through in his writing as well. Like he is a quite a funny guy, even though yeah. he writes about some dark stuff. Yeah, um, it always puts a bit
1: of time in for like the humorous asides. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it, it works a different effect. Sometimes when you're reading a book that's already 700 pages long. You're like, yeah. come on now, <laughs> but um,
0: yeah,
1: but um, I, I think it's it's a nice touch, and for an anthology piece like this, it's nicer to have this this kind of light hearted one in there. Um, yeah, Stephen King so. done much more acting. Is he in any? I know he sometimes cameos in some of his adaptations, right? But what else has he been in?
0: Um, I don't know, it's Google, um. Night Riders, it says here that one, Max Modrive but of course, because he uh directed that creep show too. Uh, Sleepwalkers, oh, Sleepwalkers the Lang- is one, of the cat,
1: one of the cat people,
0: yeah. Um, a lot of his own stuff,
1: yeah. I know he had a thing about appearing as a you know, having cameos in his own stuff, he's a real M. Night about that, but um, Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Well, good for him. It's yeah. nice, actually. I think, as a, uh, you know, someone who is mostly famous as a writer, and I bet it was fun as well that his son was going to be in it. And yeah.
0: you know, really feels, to do this some whole fun thing things. feels like it's got a huge Stephen King handprint all over it. Maybe even more than the George Romero. I don't know. Like in the in the storytelling and the acting and that kind of camp horror stuff that I know Stephen King likes. I mean, I don't know. It feels very Stephen King, although the zombie stuff is obviously... Yeah, the next story is the one I feel most of George Romero's hand in. Uh, So the next one is something... Is this something to to tidy over. over? This story was written specifically for this film, so not based on a short story. This, I don't know, yeah, this feels... As you say George Romero. I feel like I can imagine reading this as a short story, and um, yeah, like the effects, shift. the effects
1: feel George Romero, and the cinematography feels him here. Yeah, but the the story is definitely a Stephen King short story. This might be my favourite because of the nostalgia for the actors. I think the performances in it are actually really solid. Um, yeah, I like this one. Does sometimes feel a bit like a Columbo episode, I suppose, but um, I like
0: Columbo episodes. So there we go. Oh, I think, I, I think this might be one of my favourites as well. Actually, um, I don't know. I think it's maybe like the ludicrousness of the plan. Yeah. Um, I mean, surely if you, I mean, I've been buried up to my neck in the sand before. I'm pretty sure with a bit of effort, you can just you can climb out. You can get out, and like you could do things like
1: you know move the sand around. You could dig your way out, I think. But on the face of it, it's a fun plot. And yeah, I like the I like the delivery. So we begin with I don't actually know their real names now. I'm just thinking of the the names of the characters. But basically Ted Danson's at his house hanging out. There's a knock at the door and it's Leslie Nielsen he's like, you come out of there. And like otherwise something very bad's going to happen to you know this this lady. Yeah. And he answers the door. Leslie Nielsen is there with a gun. He doesn't have a gun yet. He's just having a go at him saying, basically, um, I know you've been sleeping with my wife. And um, if you don't come with me, something terrible is going to happen to her. And it's like, oh, I'll call the police. Goes, well, or I'll, what happens if I just beat you up and would have to come with you? It's like, "Well, if you kill me or you send me away, you'll never find out where she is and it'll be too late yeah. for you, mate. So we he may- goes with him
0: we learn a couple of things about Leslie Nielsen's character. He doesn't let anyone take his stuff ever. Like it's a big rule for him. And also he loves video systems, VCRs and CCTV systems. So he's, he's, uh, he's in like, what did they call it in America? Like the, uh, the American high schools. the like the AV club. Uh, he's, he's the president of the AV club. Um, yeah. and never kind of forgot about it. Uh, Cause he's talking about, oh yeah, he's like cleaning up Ted Danson's video. And it's, it's like, all these cables i'm surprised you haven't noticed the efficiency in the picture because the cables aren't slightly in or there's a bit of dust on there or something
1: yeah and do you reckon that's to imply that's how he's been spying on them maybe he's maybe he's set a little something up there as
0: well who knows who knows but yeah probably but yeah uh, so go on he takes uh ted to the beach takes him to the beach and then he basically goes i oh, see that bucket over
1: there and he runs over thinking he's done something to her um and he hasn't, there's no one under there. There's just a spade. Um, Leslie Nielsen is very clever. He doesn't do the mistake that a lot of people do with guns in films by standing really close to someone. So then they can just wrestle it from them. He's a good few paces back and he's pulled a gun on him and says, right, dig yourself a hole. Um, and he goes, Oh, I'm not going to do that. You lunatic. You just bloody shoot me. because goes, no, no, Like, I'm just going to, oh, it's, it's, it's a good horror situation because the alternative is that you just get into a fight and you're probably shot and killed by this man. But there's always just that little thing that you just think, oh, maybe, like, I'll, if it's just plausible I have to go along with this. And it's yeah. like, okay, dig a hole. So, like, right now, get in the hole. It's like, no, you'll do something terrible. Like, no, I'm just going to incapacitate you so you can't get me. And then I will tell yeah. you where he is show you where the where the girl is so Ted Danson gets in the hole and starts pulling the sand down around himself at first and this is another great line uh, a bit this is before it happens but after he's dug the hole and um, Leslie Nielsen tells him to get in he starts like shouting for help and he goes, oh, I own this whole island so he joins in with him like he <laughs> ah! like, really like he shouts he shouts for help louder than Ted Danson does he's oh, really yeah. going for it and it's like no one's here there's there's no way to get anyone I own this whole place so just do what I tell you and I'll always I keep my promises I'll let you know where she is I'll let you yeah. see her so he does it and then we kind of transition forward and it's Leslie Nielsen just like patting the bit of sand down around his head so he's completely
0: buried yeah Um. and he's yeah. like oh you've got a bit of sand on your face there he's like slapping the sand oh, off he's me he's
1: smacking him in the face
0: <laughs> to get it off him he's
1: It's uh, and no wonder that actually, like, is this an actor that was maybe typecast for his comedy stuff? Because it feels like, in a different world, Leslie Nielsen is an incredibly, sec- like, successful, like, just serious actor, or do his, like, almost, like, villainous roles. He-
0: yeah. He could play, like, a, a Batman villain. He could have done, like... um uh I imagine he could have had his... You know, Robin, Robin Williams said that, like, picture... Oh, one-hour photo. One-hour photo. He could have had his one-hour photo moment, I think. He could come across really terrifying in the right, yeah. in the right performance. Now, or, now, um, now
1: you've said it, Luke. In your ideal world, so you're the casting director. Um, yeah. what, Batman <laughs> what, what Batman villain is Leslie Nielsen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, instantly I'm going to... Two-Face, but that seems a yeah. little bit too obvious. He could do a good Two-Face, though. Yeah. He
1: could he'd say something
0: serious looking that way, and he'd turn the other way and he'd, he'd offer the punchline to the joke yeah. of what he just said up.
1: Yeah, Two- he'd do a good Two-Face. I could... You could do a fun Riddler, I guess, as well, with uh, Leslie Nielsen. Like, one of the fun, t- like, I'm thinking of, like, a semi-comedic, like a Jim Carrey one, but, like, play it differently yeah. with him being an older guy. Um, <laughs> or maybe one of the, like, really outrageous villains that, like, is just one of the ridiculous ones that like, make him, like, the clock king. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the guy that does all the egg puns. Egghead. King Tut's.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think one of the more obscure ones. Um I'm trying to think who I don't know. Um who Killer do you, who do you think he should play Bane? <laughs> who do you think uh if you listen to this who do you think Leslie Nielsen should play if he was a a Batman villain?
1: Yeah. tweet him, tweet um, him yeah. Yeah, he does, he does great. Yeah, back on back onto the plot. So he does that terrifying bit and says, like, Oh, I buried you. But this is when he's getting ready to slap, I could just finish you off. And he like pulls it off his face, and you see the panic yeah. in his in his eyes as he just starts like covering him up. And he goes, no, 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 I promised I'd keep my word. So then all of a sudden he goes and gets like a like a big truckload of video equipment out, <laughs> plugs it in, gets his his extension cable, and he shows there's a um the video of the girl who is up the beach in the exact same situation as Ted Danson is she's buried up to her neck and the waves are starting to splash on her face and he goes oh sorry there mate but she lost the co- coin toss she's further up the beach um and he yeah. basically comes to his plan saying you see you mustn't panic and again great sinister deliveries he's like oh you mustn't panic you see because when a wave is on you, you've got to, you. You're only going to have a few seconds when the wave comes away for you to take a breath before the next one comes. So, if you're going to survive this, you're going to have to really take your time, and you're going to have to keep your nerve. Uh, now, I'm going to leave you here, so I'll leave the TV on for you until it gets shorted out by the waves. Yeah. But um, basically, I'm not technically, I'm not killing you if you're able to hold your breath and you can and you can. Keep your nerve and uh, not panic. Maybe the tide will let you out. And then I don't care. Like, do what you want. But yeah. anyway, bye. And off he goes.
0: And he goes home to his apartment, which is like full of monitors and, and video equipment. Um, and he watches, he even like lays back quite chilled on the sofa, like he's had a long day, just stuck stuck some Ricky Lake on the TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Lake. Um, and he's uh just watching just the, the heads watchism. yeah Um, i think ted denson does quite well for quite a while but then he starts to say i'm gonna kill you yeah and like he has taken a breath in
1: that has a look down like the barrel of the camera doesn't he because he's left a camera film so he obviously knows that he's watching him it's like you listen to this dickhead um i am gonna get you if it's the last and then like you know you see him while he's concentrating on shouting and he literally just gets plowed into by a number of waves and then we see a nice underwater shot of them literally like completely submerged in the water yeah. um drowning effectively i know that bit's going to be have been done you know in a tank on a on a stage but do you think they actually did bury them on a beach at some point
0: yeah it would have buried them on a the beach in terms of the water um that's that seems quite uncomfortable to put an actor through that to have then buried in the beach, whilst there was water splashing over. Them. I mean, maybe there could have been like they had like a bucket or some—I don't know—and they were like, "Watch yeah. out, Ted, get ready." And then they. Or I it. guess it
1: could be that basically, if you ever really get, str- if you ever really did struggle, much like you could just stand up and get out of it, and the take could be over.
0: Yeah, he has long hair as well, doesn't he, Ted? Yeah. The thing is, if you've got long hair, which I used to have, but I do know this: um, when you get it wet, it kind of covers your ears, so you don't get any water in your ears, which I absolutely hate. So that's it, a good protection you can have there. Yeah. So
1: Ted would have been fine. Yeah. Um, the poor woman, though, that plays, like, you know, on the TV monitor, she gets absolutely off- smashed with those waves.
0: Yeah. She kind of dies off screen, but on screen in a weird way. We only really see her when she's dead, like, actually yeah. moving around. Um, how does it – so they they drown. They drown. Thingy goes There's back thing in the Anderson next morning. Back. Yeah, and they're gone. Yeah. So the tide's taking them away. He's yeah, out, yep, taken yep, away anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely gone back to back to home then. And he takes he goes to collect his TV equipment, so there's no evidence of that, I guess. Um, and he goes home for a lovely shower, um, and yeah. gets on with his evening, sees Richard Gear on the telly, I guess maybe this is where he was. Um, yeah, and then he's just has a shower and is getting ready for bed, and we see like the mists creeping up to his house and this is where we get our george a. romero bit
0: yeah so uh, what happens we get them just walking up the stairs or along the stair hallway yeah
1: there's that nice little bit where he first thinks someone is there and you see the silhouette of someone outside the window he doesn't see him but we do and he steps away and it dwells on it for a moment longer where there's just the figure of someone standing at the glass yeah. um, and then they move along before he looks back but it's slowly but surely getting closer and he's getting start starting to get nervous and he starts shouting like you get out of here i have the gun you understand my boy he's got some great like <laughs> very nice era language or it's like oh listen i have the <laughs> yeah. the goodness and i'll see for you jimmy and he, um i liked this bit that there wasn't a uh there wasn't like a you know he creeps out and they jump out and literally they come piling through the door when he opens it. Yeah. They open. He opens the door and they are there, and they're all, they're kind of like sea monster. Yeah, um, sea monster zombies now covered in seaweed and bit waterlogged. Guns.
0: He gets a shot in of the head, and like it's the explode of gun. I think he thinks they're just people in costume or something at first because he doesn't seem do that bad, and he shoots them in the head, and then he starts to laugh. And then they're like, "We're going to take you." And they, they, I feel like they're talking to him for ages. Yeah, and eventually do, he just like loses his mind. Kind like.
1: of, kind of agrees. Yeah, he locks himself in the bathroom, but then they can teleport, like creepy dog, and they're behind him when he turns back around. Yeah, um, in the bathroom with him, and then for those on the video, we get this picture that's my background here <laughs> yeah. with him. Just absolutely loses it, and he's laughing. And their plan. You saying about Stephen King, like in a plan. Now the zombies have a plan. They're like, they're very fair zombies. They want him to do the exact thing that they did. Say, so, right, you've got to come to the beach with us, and you'll be fine if you can hold your breath.
0: Well, I don't think we've seen it either. we just see footsteps leading into the sea? Is
1: oh, we right? just, we just see. Um, I think. We might have seen the footprints coming away from the sea earlier on to indicate the oh, they've come
0: away. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, but then he they basically explain that Oh, like the big thing they keep repeating is if you can hold your breath. And then we have our final shot of this one where it's now Leslie Nielsen buried up to his neck on the beach. Yeah. And um
0: seems quite confident Luke. I think he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah how um, does it how does it, um, <coughs> how does it end just him. he's just
1: he's just laughing and said oh I can hold my breath I can <laughs> hold my breath for a long time <laughs> and then just, just the waves breath. just the waves are coming at him so he yeah. knows
0: what happens then maybe he survived
1: yeah I really like this one
0: yeah um, me too, yeah. um so what there's the crate and the uh, the bug yeah one. we've
1: got we've got the crate and the bugs to go
0: by the way every time I both times I've watched this, I've always been surprised by how much film is left. So we got to the yeah. end of this one. I was like, I think this is like near the end of the film. I think it's like a bit uh, more called The Crate. Yeah, I think
1: there's three, yeah. But and there's then like there's an the hour left. Four. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that hour is spent on The Crate, the setup of The Crate. I actually really like The Crate um, episode, uh, but I do feel like it, the setup takes a long time. Um, yeah, the setup on this one is a big one. This is your Stephen King plan. This is another Stephen King plan. So this one, uh, it says here, uh, I've lost it. I think it was uh, based on a short story of the same name. Um, I Wonder what collection it's from. Um, is it literally
1: just the Creepshow comics? I've managed to seek out a couple, but they don't—they're not too readily available. I don't think. I think it's there's a, a
0: Stephen King short story.
1: Oh, is it? Is it one of his stories? Not a comic
0: one. Yeah, I'm not too sure if it's in a collection. I Feel like it should be. Oh, I would like un- to read un- that collected. It says this is interesting. Um, yeah, I can imagine reading this as a as a Stephen King short story. Yeah, so the basic gist is um, there's a a university or or something that has like a big historical history department. Archaeological yeah. department or something. Um, the janitor finds a big old crate in this like locked-off section under the stairs in the, in this basement, um, and he sees it um, and he pulls it out. Oh, no, he doesn't pull it out, but like he's looking at it. it says like eighteen forty-two or something on the side of yeah. it. Um, and he calls
1: the head of the department, who's at a barbecue at the time.
0: I, yeah, and he's like, it's some old boys. Magazines, or something. yeah, it's
1: some old National Geographics so or whatever. But he get, he calls this guy to see him, and he comes away from. Guesses important to the plan that's going to come part. They're at a barbecue with the rest of the faculty, and his best friend, his best professor mate, is also there with his wife, Wilhelmina. Everyone calls her Billy, though.
0: Yeah, but this is Adrian Barbour, and she's putting on like a she's like the Janet, Janet, Janice of the um of the episode really whiny voice constantly talking loud constantly introducing herself to everyone all the time seemingly and also um constantly belittling her husband
1: yeah basically saying like you know you're not only you know this big university professor and everything but you actually are useless without me to deal with everything for you um Yeah, and she yeah, you're right. She really like berates him and puts him down and is like gossiping with all the others. Just a terrible party guest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I don't remember how it, it's a, at some point the university professor goes to check on the basement stuff.
1: Yeah, so the the head of the department gets a call from the janitor to come and check this box out, and he goes, All right, I'll come. He goes. And this is where we get the his friend's burst-like fantasy of killing his wife. He goes, "Oh, hey!" and turns around and shoots her in the head. Um, yeah. For that, turn- and then everyone else yeah. applauds. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Again, it's a nice little nod to some of the things that is going through his head. It's a nice and visual way to put it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I-, I liked this scene. Karen was sat in the room with me, and she was half watching it at the time, and she looked up like, "The fuck? You just shot his wife?" No, just just a dream um yeah so he obviously is just sick of his wife um their relationship has gone very yeah. sour from from what it was in the past obviously and he's getting dreaming of getting rid of her but how will he ever find a way meanwhile the um his <laughs> yeah. the the head of the faculty goes and the janitor is saying oh, let's have a look so they open the box together um you know, there's some back and forth and some discussions about the history while they open the locks and and get in there. Um, short version, though, is open it up, horrid ape in there. Eats the janitor right up.
0: Yeah, and it's like, um, it looks a bit like, is it Alf? Not yeah. Alf. Is like he's a a big, bit like a big a like
1: He's a bit like an elf, a little bit like evil Harry and the Henderson's. I think it might be Harry and the Henderson. He's he. a very big, he's a very big toothsome ape, isn't he? Um his colour the ape's colouring. Um obviously this is before the fact, but got a Congo feel about
0: them. In fact, it looks a lot like Harry from Harry and the Henderson's. Yeah.
1: It's like Harry and the Hendersons times the Congo apes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Big toothy ape. (laughs) Um, And also there's this ape, I don't know if it really wants to get out of the box, I don't think. Like, it does kind of reach out and stuff, but it always seems to go back in most of the time. So
1: It eats the the janitor. It bites his arm off, and the guy can't help him. Yeah. Um, And it's got him, and he runs away. He runs up the stairs and bumps into a PhD
0: student and does some really awful explaining. Yeah. And the clear... It's quite simple. Like, there's a monster in a crate under the stairs it, from 1832. If you don't, not to understand. Even if you don't want to <laughs> explain it that way, if
1: you just said there is a horrid ape down there, phone the police. <laughs> yeah, um, but he does. He does a he does a terrible job of explaining. He just does some real film explaining where he just repeats, "Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible! A monster! The monster eating him up." And the guy's like, monsters don't eat people up. Come on. Let's go yeah. down and have a look at it together. You just really, you're just really stressed. They go downstairs. Um that said, to be fair, the PhD student very quickly does believe him when he finds like the big all the blood and the chewed up shoe and everything like that and says, Oh, I want to get that shoe so we can measure the bite mark. Yeah. Um, the ape has gone back under the stairs.
0: Gone back into his box. Or Something yeah. oh, he's, he's, moved, box, but...
1: he's moved the box under there on his own as well, hasn't he? So he's taken the box under the stairs. I yeah. think, I think the guy puts the theory forward like it's felt safe under the stairs for all those years, so it has chosen to go back there and to hide.
0: Um, I mean, it's been there for like 140 years or something, just in a box, just in a box.
1: Um but it doesn't take too kindly to that boy getting the shoe because it gets him next.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think the boy stands his ground for like a, a second or something um, and then the monster gets Goug- him and... Gouges his face. Yeah, yeah. There's that thing where his um, he puts his hand on the boy's face and pushes him against the wall mm. um, and he's obviously got like, blood on his face fingerprints or something that leaves like a blood handprint on his yeah on his head and he does a scratch down his face and turns him into a model
1: turns him into a captain scarlet like last like last week yeah in life force turns him into captain scarlet and he's dead and it's got him as well so then the university professor runs out of the house he runs out of the university runs to his friend's house rather than calling at the police station and that because I guess over time the 80s was probably maybe the last decade where you could if you see something quite scary just go mad become insensible for a while. Yeah. Um it's it's something that humans have evolved to over time I guess as we're exposed to more horror media. Back in the you know the Victorian era you saw something spooky you could die from it like a horse with a stomach ache you would pass away. Um, if you if you saw something too spooky, unless you like live at the seaside for a while to convalesce, you could die of it. You get a brain fever, and that's it for you. By the time yeah. we get to the nineteen eighties, you just go a bit crazy for a while. You need a stiff drink, and you can recover. Nowadays, I feel like you can experience some terrible traumas and probably go to work again the next day, like Sydney from Scream. Um, you know, she's yeah. straight back at school the day after her best mates killed. Um, but yeah, of this era. You've still got to be careful. You're going to have a few minutes of madness. So he goes to his friend's house. Um, He is due to have a chest date with him anyway. And Billy is out, um, uh, classes or whatever she does for the evening. Um, And he explains to his friend there's a horrid ape. So he hatches a little plan. He's already dreamed of strangling Billy um, as well as she left. Yeah. So he hatches a plan to get a once and for all a convoluted scheme. Yeah. Um.
0: Uh, so he yeah. So he leaves like a note that he's written for Billy, um, and he he goes to the the uh, school and he starts like mopping up all the blood. He's working really hard to clean up all the evidence of uh, of of wrongdoing. even though no one's done any wrong at this point. Really, just an ape. Just I mean, the ape, yeah. You can't, can't in the RSPCA the to get that sort of thing. Yeah. You don't have to get that get that monkey in the ape house at cross C. Yeah. Um so and the letter like basically says, Oh uh my friends the the professor guy, he's he's been hitting he's been hitting on and hitting um some students, <laughs> some female students. Yeah, you don't want that. And Billy, at this point, she's already kind of noticed him. She's clocked onto him flirting with some young female students at the party. Um, so, and he's like, in the note he tells Billy, you're you're such a cool-headed... He kind of plays into her um, ego, basically. Oh, yeah, her
1: character so, of being, like, so
0: capable. And she's like, you're right. I am a real cool dude. I don't have to deal with these things. She's got a glass of milk. She's eating it up. Glass of milk, she pours some, like, Whiskeying or something—it's like a, a dot of like uh, scotch. And by the way, she drives, and then she when she <laughs> arrives at school, she's got still got the glass of milk, <laughs> still
1: got a glass of milk. She takes it with her. <laughs> she's that like, right. This is going to be a two glass job. Is it is a white?
0: Minutes. Is it a white Russian? She's kind of made. No, uh, maybe like a she
1: has made herself a white Russian. Who knows? Either way, at very least, she's got a big old glass of mostly knock with her. Yeah. Um, she gets there just as he's finished cleaning up. He's literally just done the last little job, and she arrives at the university. She goes down with a milk still in hand, uh, just enough time. She's seen the broken glasses from the PhD student. He goes, "Oh, what's this?" He goes, "Oh,
0: just, just found these on the floor." plausible Did he explanation. Do you he hit her? Like she's, she's like really into it.
1: She's desperate
0: to know what he's. Yeah. She uh, loves the gossip, I think. What he's been it. up to? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and he's. He almost loses it. He's, he starts laughing. He says, Oh no. I think you'll find it's really funny. She's um hiding under the stairs.
0: It's like it's not the best joke. Um but he like shoves it towards the stairs. Go on, have a look. It's funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this he loses it completely. He like yeah. he like basically he you know when you want them to go too soon, like it's like a little kid that will like you'll tell your mom what you've got her for a birthday as you've handed it to her in the paper. You're so close.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's Slipper's mum. Oh, no.
0: He starts um, shouting for the beast and shaking his wife for a very long time, just back and forth, back and forth, over and over again. And Adrian, uh, Billy doesn't seem to really care. She's just, just like she's rattling you, around in <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. And
1: then she just stops and he goes, "Are you quite finished?" <laughs> and, then, and then basically, again, she has such a low regard and low like. There isn't any fear there of this husband character. Yeah. I don't think like even in the face of it where you're calling for her, I guess it's hard to come put into context. You don't know there's an ape. Um, he's really losing his mind and shouting and, and everything like that. And she clearly isn't afraid. She's like, are you quite finished? Now y- you know, if you want to fight, then I am absolutely gonna pan you, mate. So unless you wanna get unless you wanna get decked, you're gonna piss off out of it um but But it does but it does come out i can't remember what the ape then does come and it gets her um and then he padlocks it back in like he yeah it's quite a tense moment he's like sneaking up with a little padlock and he just puts it back in there and it tries to get out but he's but he's caught it and he's done it yeah He's drugged his friend at the house, by the way. He said, oh, have a have a scotch. It'll make you feel better. Full of sleeping medicine. Um, yeah. So he's passed out at home. And then he goes back to see his mate as he's waking up in the morning. Like The di, 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 music comes on and it's like, well, good morning. Don't worry, I dealt with that. Um, so I went and wazzed the ape in a quarry in a box. So
0: <laughs> that's it all right. It seems so ludicrous to me. Like he, you could, a slightly different version in a parallel and a what if version of this story. The college professor found an old gun in the basement and the husband's lured his wife down. He's, get, he's gave the professor some sleeping pills. He's lured his wife into the basement and shot her and wads the was the body off the cliff. Like, why does it have to be a monster in a crate that's made him finally go? I guess, it, I guess it's a Leslie Nielsen. I, did, I didn't actually, I wasn't actively killing her. Yeah, like something the, else did the killing it the ape.
1: but then again bearing in mind that the ape did it anyway why cover it up at all could he have not said yeah it's oh, been I, like
0: I, there for a hundred years just put it back yeah,
1: it's a com- it's well it's completely implausible that there's an ape in the thing so even if you just say rather than your wife having just disappeared could you not just say oh this big crisis happened the professor came and he was ranting and raving about an ape, which, of course, is ridiculous. So I went along with my wife to see if there was an ape. There was an ape and she was eaten by it. Please now take this ape away, the authorities.
0: But he doesn't, yeah. he chugs it in a quarry. <laughs> which also, I think, is about That box is, has stayed steady for a hunt. This must be old, rotting wood. I, think, I don't think uh, introducing water to it is going to be the best idea. And also, it's going to be bouncing across the rocks at the floor, like the padlock yeah i imagine that's not going to go anywhere but the the wood around it i think that might weaken that's going to perish yeah Yeah. um but he basically says to his his friend wakes
1: up in the morning and says oh what we do now then how do you know i hadn't phoned the police and he's like well i know you didn't um and then basically don't worry me and you we're going to play chess every week what a good time we're going to have um and then he goes what if it gets out and he's like mate it is in the quarry drowned forever um because i know that this this 180 year old at least ape is not waterproof um yeah but it isn't and we have a final shot of the bottom of the sea the crate breaking open and we get that comic framed pair of eyes like new labor um coming out tony blair in the crate is out he's free Yeah,
0: (laughs) Tony Blair, Um, (laughs) and then we're up to the final story, which I think might be the weakest. Uh, In terms of gore, it's the best, I think. Yeah, Uh, but the the weakest story overall. I think I don't know. It's um, there's not a huge amount that goes on in it.
1: It's quite a weak story, and it's a it's about a bad bloke um, who kind of deserves it, Um, but. There are some touches to it, and you're right, like the, the, the gore and the effects in this. Is this the one? Or maybe we'll come to it at the end, but of all of the creep show stories, which one would you least like to be in? Um uh, <clears throat>
0: what is in a victim in?
1: Yeah, which one would you most what which one would you least like to
0: experience? Well, this one's pretty bad. So what we've got, the crate. I think you just get munched and you'd be dead pretty quick, although it'd be quite harrowing an experience, yeah. um, to be dragged into a box. Uh, what is th- the, the drowning one does, does not sound fun at all, that sounds like... That's a horrible way to die. Yeah. Um, then I mean, you've got... Care, this one, we don't really know even what happens. I mean, yes, the book's getting... Side so more than one quick go, or 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 it happens. Was he always full of bugs? Was he always full of bugs? Is, is it, that where it's coming from?
1: Is it magic? I don't is it know. Me? <laughs> yeah, um, but, or like yeah. the the first one, would you like your dad to twist your head off and not
0: making him, him a cake? I think maybe the first one because you've got a shot against a zombie, although he is a telekinetic zombie. That's a whole different beast. Yeah, that's a whole different box in Cabin in the Woods yeah
1: i feel like that's the best one to be in because i like my dad and i would just give him a cake if that was the
0: thing he wanted you just want a cake i'll nip to tesco they've got like some pre-made for three quid that are excellent
1: lemon drizzle i'll tell you what i'll get you a swiss roll as well while
0: i'm there mixed media do you want a chocolate cake And he's then with his hands strangle hands ready and goes yeah okay he just puts them down yeah (laughs) put something on the tv and said yeah sit down put your feet up dad literally which, uh, T- yeah ten on ten tour de france, france is on you love tour de france yeah oh, what's well, the
1: it's the oxford cambridge boat race this weekend that'll be a treat <laughs> put that on which one of these
0: expensive schools will win yeah. um and some butter scotch biscuits as well some um scotch what they call the little cakey biscuits my dad loves them oh little shortbreads shortbreads that's the one Yeah, yeah. Get you some shortbreads and stuff. i'll tell you what Tesco,
1: I'm not going to get a the big Tesco. I'll go to the Tesco Express to get the cake. won't take the car. I'll walk it. put the kettle yeah. on now. Tea will just be right for drinking when I'm back.
0: Yeah. So at what point do you kill him? Um, <laughs> I guess you just... When you he just snoozes halfway through Tour de France, he's gotten very relaxed. You just
1: you, you just push a stone on him, a big yeah. gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put it over his chair.
0: Yeah. He sits in the done. in the wheelie chair. You just re- wheeling back to his grave. See you next year, Dad. Yeah,
1: that's how you that's how you get him. Um, I guess the crate. Uh, I think if there was just a big crate that said that was locked and didn't open, I think I'd probably
0: just respect that and go. Oh, it's probably no. not my job to open that crate. I will just that, leave that. The curiosity will get you. Because there could be like old great old magazines in there. Imagine that. <laughs> Uh, it, it is nice to find a treasure. But I think once
1: I'd seen the ape, I'd be like, all right, I'm not going to go in there again, <laughs> just call the police. Um,
0: yeah, Craig. Anything, anything else? Oh, I think the, the dra- Geordie Verrill, the, the moss one. That doesn't sound good. Because it sounds like when you, if you've got some sort of illness, asthma where you can't breathe properly, or some sort of chicken pox where you're really itchy, um, horrendous. Not a fun yeah. experience to have. Could you avoid that situation in the first place? I don't think I would touch a meteor. Yeah, I don't think I'd be sticking my fingers in it and putting it in my mouth and stuff.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't even poke it with a stick. I've seen the blob.
0: Yeah. Stay well away. Yeah. yeah.
1: I could survive Geordie Barrel the easiest because also I think if a meteor fell down, probably just sleep through.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be the neighbor that finds that that meteor. Someone else is going to beat me to it. I'm not good at seeing stuff. People, I've always been in my life. People always been. Oh, there's a five pound note there on the floor. I've never been that pissed. Oh, four leaf clover. Never found one. I just don't. I just don't pick up on stuff on the floor. I tend to look up more than down. I think we've maybe sure I would have seen the meteor. You might have seen the meteor. Then, then. I'd lost it. Where's it gone? Oh,
1: yeah. So this it's <laughs> on the floor. So yeah, um, I think we do alright with that one. But on to this last story. Definitely the drowning one is the worst to be stuck in, either as yeah, the goody or the baddie. That's well, tough. get the same fate, really. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd probably just been shot by him when I was in, yeah. in the book, so <laughs> I would have messed that up. Um, they're but...
0: creeping up on you. The last story was written specifically for the film. Okay. So this one is about, like, uh, Mr. Burns in the episode of The Simpsons where he was afraid of gems. And he's, like, in that hermetically sealed room. Um, yeah,
1: and he's always flushing his masks down the... It's very now, this story. The guy yeah. stays inside. He doesn't like going anywhere. He's got gloves. He's always washing things, and he's always flushing things down a vacuum pack. And he's a horrid old man.
0: Yeah, um, and he, um, he's a, he is like Mr. Burns, so he, he's, um, he owns some sort of big, big company. And it starts with someone... In the business, they got fired, committed suicide,
1: and he I takes a, a
0: call from their, wa- from their yeah, wife. Yeah, it's a guy whose company they've just
1: taken over, so he's, one of his assistants is on the phone, and his Stephen King repeated phrases, he calls everyone bastards. He's like, yeah. oh, look at them creeping up on me, bastards, and he's going about bugs and people not working. And... That his assistant phones him and he's trying to go through oh no really really good job today you've made all that money he's like no I need to tell you so he's like no it doesn't matter think about this and he goes like this guy has killed himself and it's a guy whose company has just taken over basically Yeah. Um, but he doesn't care straight away he's like oh he's dead So good like uh, (laughs) means you haven't got to offer him a seat on the board of the company like we're just like basically he's, he's sorted now so we've got rid of him um and you're right his wife phones him up right she isn't happy
0: yeah um and he's he's like uh she's like really livid and sad about the death of her husband but he doesn't really care he, he treats it like just a a call from i think he's quite nice to her in a weird way like he he's quite cheerful about it he's like oh, well, you know
1: swings and roundabouts easy come yeah. easy go um And then he does get a little bit sharp and says, oh, you know, he's too weak to deal with it, then good riddance to bad rubbish.
0: Yeah. Um, And he starts to see cockroaches randomly appearing in his... his, We don't really get cockroaches in England. No. I've never had a cockroach. Have you had a cockroach?
1: No, I don't think I've seen...
0: Not in this this country. I've encountered them. At a zoo, I've seen them. They have little bug houses. Oh, yeah.
1: I've encountered them abroad, like a, in terms of swarms. Actually it wasn't cockroach. I, I saw some cockroaches when I was in Malaysia. We were staying at a place unexpectedly. Um basically we were going to this island and the day we were traveling to there, we hadn't really got a firm agenda on our plan. So we'd like got a lift with someone across the country and we'd stopped in this town where we'd catch this boat to this island we were going to go and visit. But it was like a religious festival day on the day we were traveling so we got there and the boats weren't running so we couldn't get there till the next day and also the festival um fast it was a one of fasting so no restaurants were open yeah um so we found a place to stay um and it was it, it cost nothing and it was and it was fine and we'd we'd been out and like scoured the streets until we found like a garage where we could buy some food um so we'd gone back there with our you know with our with our like boiling the pot noodles and stuff like that to just eat something for this night and we're just going to bunker down and then go to the island in this morning and there were two beds in this um this place and there was this big cockroach turned up and it was probably around the size of a computer mouse Maybe a little bit, maybe right. a bit thinner, but like in lengthwise, the size of a, of a, of a mouse like that, it would have been Jesus like that in your hand. And, and yeah. I thought like, I'm not really one for like, even like bugs and stuff. I'm not one for killing them normally, yeah. but this was, this was too big. Too far. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with this one. I can't catch it and let it go you're, somewhere.
0: You're probably still hungry at the same time. Yeah. Tired I like, and exhausted.
1: Yeah. And I can't sleep with this in the room. I'm gonna to have to kill it. Um, yeah. So I was creeping up on it. The tar- the room there, I was creeping up <laughs> on it with a shoe, and I was gonna
0: smash him. And then just before I did that, another it's like the giant shoe got you instead. No, I mean, not like quite. Nolan short film.
1: <laughs> I think probably even even worse for my mental state. The, like as I was poised over him to bash him. Oh, like the okay. the the wing casings opened and then like a huge pair of wings came out and it sounded like a fucking zeppelin. It was a brrrr, and it took off and flew across the room. Um, and I Can cockroaches do that. I this one could. It was like a monster. Um, so it it flew and it flew, and it flew a, across the
0: Jeepers it, Creepers monster.
1: It was like the Jeepers <laughs> Creepers man. He flew across the room and I swung at him and he fell and he went down the side of the bed. He went down the side of the bed um, into the in, in, like you know into oblivion down the side and it was right against the wall. And I just thought like we spoke about it with, with Karen and were like, well, he's gone down there. like for all I know, I could pull this back and there could be a nest of these things under there. so mm-hmm. I can't deal with it. So I'm not I'm like if he's down there, that's where he is and he's staying. but there was two beds in this room. So what we did was we thought I'm not gonna pull this back and tempt fate. So we stripped the other bed and we basically used all of the bedding from the other bed to make like a barrier <laughs> to seal off that edge. Yeah. And then we just we just went to bed. And we were lying, and it, like it was a whole night of like, if one of us like brushed against, you
0: know, if your feet just yeah, brushed yeah. each other, it's him. Like
1: we, um, we got we got through the night, and then we left. Just turn um, to Leslie
0: Nielsen in that picture,
1: yeah. laughing <laughs> yeah, in was. like completely
0: lost their mind.
1: Yeah, I felt like it came close <laughs> to that. It was so terrifying. Um, we have another story about when we were traveling around the, as rats, but that was another story for another time. When we have a rat centric film, I'll tell that one. Yeah. But, yeah that was the most hor- horrifying night ever. And that's what that man had. More and more cockroaches <laughs> turn up. But I wasn't like him. I hadn't just caused a man to commit suicide. And I hadn't um I wasn't trying to flush him away. So maybe in that way, that's why I was spared. But yeah. this guy, his wife, the wife says, Oh, I hope you die, mate. You absolute dickhead. Phone's was getting quite malicious.
0: Um this guy the exterminator shows up. Is that right? By the way, I can't see anything you were holding there. That was the word. You took a drink. From <laughs> a drink my, from the, nothing. From yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's
1: calling the assistant on the desk. And again, it's showing he's a really unpleasant guy. He's phoning one guy that's on holiday, saying, What are you doing? You're meant to be on the front desk. So, well, I'm on holiday, I'm at Disney World. It's like, Well, unless you want to take your family to Disney World with your unemployment money, um, you'll you'll get the other guy to come there and the guy comes to the door and he's like a really over the top he's like Benny from um total recall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: like, hey Mr. whatever your name is. He's like Benny
0: from Total Recall.
1: Maybe it's him. He's got a very similar voice.
0: Yeah. Uh and like his voice they've added some like radio flanger effects or something to his voice. Yeah, it's constant, yeah. it's sounds super weird at times. Um, So he can't, he can't get in the the lift is broke or something. Is that? Yeah. So he
1: says he's going to get an exterminator out, but then the power goes off. It all starts falling apart. He's got cockroaches coming up out the sink. He's got cockroaches in the food and he's losing it. Like there's more and more cockroaches coming around. The guy is stuck in the lift and can't get an exterminator out to him. Yeah. Um, And just more and more cockroaches come. I think it's the most relatable in terms of real-life fears, right? Because bugs, loads of bugs being in the place is uh, something you can imagine happening. Everyone's encountered some form of bugs or creepy crawlies.
0: Yeah, and these also, I mean, in this film, they're real bugs as well. Um, They do, also earlier, I was going to say, in the Leslie Nielsen one, he kicks a crab. (laughs) The crab
1: that's just like... Kicking off at him, it's not like, what
0: are you doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he does kick it away,
0: doesn't he? So, the, I mean, is this this is this animal cruelty at this point? Because also, the cockroaches, they're like, he's like just grabbing them, flicking them, and like shivering them into a he's hole, spraying sm- them with stuff. Yeah, he's smashing them. Yeah, are they,
1: are they really spraying those cockroaches?
0: And later on, they, they must be pushing them through a, I don't know how the special effects work, but pushing them up through a hole or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, even if he's smashing stunt cockroaches, you know, like fake ones, yeah. I, I feel like some cockroaches must have been killed at this point. And yeah. I mean, who am I to judge the, the value of different animals' lives? It doesn't quite feel like on the level of the snake in Friday the 13th, yeah. but it is it's strange that you just use them as kind of props
0: and stuff, but there are lots of them in this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this story, so what happens next? So oh, they're all a huge coming up. Of, they're all coming up. Amount.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's pretty much it. They're all coming up and eventually he gets overwhelmed and he can't get them all. He locks himself um, in that little, it's like, little, even like double sealed room. Like so a, Like a, he's got crisper a
0: crisper in a fridge, it's like yeah. an extra bit of storage.
1: Well, he's a bit like, we'll hop back to last week. This is like his, um, like vampire crystal stasis tube yeah that um that he sleeps inside um but jokes on him because the bed then he's then he's full of the bed is bugs and then he is bugs
0: it's weird cuz uh, it cuts to like the next morning and then we just see him lying on the thing the, the special effects are great actually also like we just see what looks like his real head um and we see like a bulge appear on his on his head and like a blood starts to spurt and then a cockroach erupts out of his head and then i think it cuts to a dummy model and it's got his exposed chest and the cockroach is just erupt out of it all before out of we his know his mouth it, out of his nose before we know it, it's completely he's just like oh like in a bath of cockroaches um yeah, it doesn't fit. And also, the exterminator's like, "I'm stuck in the lift." Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> the... oh, no, no. It's so oh yeah, he's come back up, hasn't he? So it's the guy from the concierge
1: desk who's come up and said, "Are you in there?" And he's like copying him, saying, "Oh, these bastards creeping up on you, eh?" And um, yeah, obviously he's yeah, he'll be mortified when he realises he's joking to a guy that's actually been got by those cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, but um,
0: yeah, they got him. It's not that's there's not a huge amount to that story, which is fair enough. It's basically a guy uh, gets cockroached. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a curse, but we don't know. Who knows? Uh, so the last bit is the epilogue, which, um, oh, yeah, it has Tom Savini and some other guy as a garbage man. And they find a comic book on the floor. Um, and they, oh, they, they're going through it, looking at the ads at the back. And they go, oh, look, a voodoo doll ad. Ah, uh, someone's already applied for that. And it's got like the uh, be the strong man on the beach advertisement thing. Yeah. Protect yourself. Anyway, uh, they go, oh, I like to read comic books. Whatever. And then it cuts to the kid uh, who's still in his bedroom. His dad's at breakfast and his kid's not come downstairs. And he's got like, oh, I've got a pain in my neck. Tom uh, Atkins has uh, yeah. got a creaky, creaky neck, I guess. Um, and then we realised that What's his flavor? Old his Billy got a voodoo doll of his dad, and he's like sticking it with pins and saying, This will teach you to take my comic books. Um, I don't think he kills him or anything, but no, he just sticks him with pins. I mean, it could be said that when he
1: uh, when he said, um, when he said earlier he wants his dad to like burn in hell and suffer, ironically speaking, Luke, he wasn't joking about that. So, I yeah. did there, <laughs> the um, yeah um he was he was neither joking or joe hill about it he um he was uh he was serious he wanted to punish his dad and so he has but in a fun way he's not gonna die
0: um we we guess so we don't know i mean it might escalate from here yeah the the creeper seems to approve though the next time the dad says he's grounded the next time well you drink in the air again the next time his dad. Uh, says you've got to turn off your cartoons because the Tour de France is on, as you as you know, all dads <laughs> love. Um which never happened to me in my life at all. I was trying to watch Teenage Meeting and Turtles, and Dad's like, no, Tour de France, is on, so that's the TV. Take we only have one TV in the house. Three days that thing goes on. There's nothing but Tour de France on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on pause. Like nothing, nothing happens on the TV when the Tour de France is on. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so what was I saying? Um, and then it escalates, and this time he, he just goes, Right, Dad. You like the Tour de France to you? I'm gonna tear you a new pair of pants or something. And he uh, yeah, twist his legs right <laughs> off. Twist his legs off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, could, you could do.
1: We don't, we don't know. I wonder. It's been a while since I've seen. This is definitely the one of these I remember the most. I remember there's a good one in the second creep show, but I don't know if Joking and Stanley return or whether it's got a different framing device. Is it? Oh, is it the raft? Yeah, The Raft is the best one on the second one. That's the one I know. I've not seen Creature 2. Oh, The Raft is a great short from it. We'll talk about it another time. But, yeah. yeah. And that's the end of it. That's the end. The end Uh, of the little um, little thing. I have some name game for you if you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Pressure's on without Ben to
0: answer some of these. Well, this first one is another anthology film It tells five terrifying tales inspired by college chums Mark and Jeremy's They Share a Flat in Croydon. Is it Peep Show? It is Peep Show, well done. Peep Show, uh, Creep Show. <laughs> this other one was an anthology, also an anthology, tells five terrifying tales inspired by a snow blizzard that came out of bloody nowhere. Um, is it freak Snow. Freak Snow, well done. <laughs> uh, this next one is an anthology film which tells five terrifying tales inspired by a person who hasn't kept up with his or her credit payments and is being uh, hunted by the repossession people. They're going to kick him out. The reap possession <laughs> Well, I just call it repo, or repo. As, as it's called on Channel 5, can't pay, we'll take it away. <laughs> Show. <laughs> Show. <laughs> <laughs> um Uh, Next one is an anthology film which tells five terrifying tales Inspired by a four-wheeled car That takes ages to get anywhere Oh, A four-wheeled
1: car That takes ages
0: 4 wheel drive car Most cars are four-wheeled I think that doesn't help you at all It's (laughs) a car I've only eliminated
1: A a Robin Robin Reliant (laughs) Any other car is still in play Um, Yeah So it takes ages to get anywhere
0: yeah. So something, drive. so something slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeep slow. Jeep slow. Yes. And this last one, it's an anthology film which tells five terrifying tales inspired by a place for the storage of large quantities of equipment, food, or goods. So it's like a place oh, where you store a load of stuff. Store,
1: um, like, in your house or commercially?
0: <laughs> commercially, probably, to be honest, more. Yeah, oh, a, place, a place for place for st- This is quite hard, actually. A place for the storage of large quantities, like a big old place where you store a load of stuff. Oh, and heading down to the warehouse storage place.
1: Then into the warehouse storage place. Now, this one's tough. People will be screaming at their... Listening devices, I'm sure. Again, fuck's sake, Andy, come on. Um, Um, No,
0: I'm going to have to pass. What is the... So, A funny film tells five terrifying tales by by a place for the storage of large quantities of equipment, food, or goods is Depot. Depot. I would have never got it. we have been here all night. Yeah, that's hard. hard. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. We need to rate the film. This is difficult. This is quite difficult, I must say. Because you're essentially rating five films.
1: Yeah. Tell you what, before we go into the ratings, what do you reckon? We've already talked about, like, what the, you know, which one you'd least and most like to be in. Um, best and worst of the, best of of, the okay. individuals?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I'll do the best. You do the best. Yeah. That is, yeah, okay. Well, my favourite, uh, I'm going to say... Um, the tied one, something to tide you over. Barely takes first place. Just takes first place. I would say over the crate actually. Although the crate's got such a long setup, that's the problem. Yeah, I think we're we're
1: we're in agreement on that one. I think tide you over is probably my favourite because of those performances. Um, I think the performances carry the setup very well, and then the execution is very good um and then the crate is a second place for me just because like you look at the zoo i like an ape
0: the apes are good
1: the apes the apes really good in it
0: it's an idea for a story of a guy luring an annoying wife to be eaten by an ape in a box it's like a bonkers idea but yeah
1: yeah just get a divorce
0: it's fine (laughs)
1: rather than kill someone yeah um but yeah that that's that one and then I don't know, it's it's hard to pick between the others. Maybe the maybe the creeping up on you maybe takes third place for me because
0: I like the effects that are behind it, even if the story isn't quite so strong. It's quite short as well, that one I think. Yeah. So you kind of get get your gore quite
1: quickly. It's quite punchy. And then maybe just to round it off, I think maybe two and then one, because yeah. Two two maybe feels a little out of place because it is more overtly a comedy thing but it's quite charming whereas the first one I found confusing.
0: Yeah, the first one's weird because it it doesn't I don't know so there isn't really much to it really and but the what is what is there doesn't really make that much sense because why would he kill why is he telekinetic? <laughs> why is he Making a birthday cake out of a random character and not the daughter who killed him. Mm. I don't know. There's a few things, a few questionable choices. Yeah. It's not that it's not the strongest.
1: Could have just been t- Could have just been tightened up. But yeah, that's my order. Are you exactly the same or would
0: you switch yeah, any? I think so, yeah. Um best best score moments are definitely um the bug one though. it's like genuinely a bit squeamish. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean overall I mean, I'd be sitting. Uh, I'm going to say C plus. <laughs> c- I'm going to go with. Uh, I feel like we've. I feel like we've poisoned ourselves with B minuses. But I was going to go 10. B minus. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't. I can't go B. It's not. A, it's not a B. I don't think. I don't think I've burned B minus quite
1: as heavy as as you, Luke, so um, I've certainly done less episodes, so I've got some in the bank. Yeah. I think I might go. I think I might go B minus for this. I think
0: B minus, okay.
1: I think the memory, like how memorable some of the the real killer scenes in this are, yeah, carry you through the things that don't work as well. Um, and I don't think we've ever been shy of rating things based on how they were at the time and their influence versus how they hold up today. I say that having known we've absolutely came to some really old stuff, but um, like yeah, yeah, this is there's some fun to be had on this one, and I like it as an introduction to horror for you know for maybe some kids, and I like the comic book stuff. I'd love to be able to get my hands on some more of these classic yeah, me too comics but... as well
0: yeah. Might Um, have to do some comicsology before bed. Go and take the Kindle up, see what's on there. Do we know what's up next? I think this is the last one of this little section. This is the last
1: one that's planned. I think we are due for... Because the Candyman's out next week. I'm touch and go whether I'll be able to go and see it in time because I'm away for the weekend. If we're all able to see it, is Candyman on the slate? If not, maybe something that we can watch quickly during the day um that's on like video and then we will and then we'll do candyman a week later but candyman is definitely up early for next month.
0: Yeah I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah super, and then super.
1: anything else that we've got on the on the hmm. slate that we want to do quite soon?
0: Maybe we should open up to a vote. Uh but um it has to be a quick one, I think.
1: Yeah. I guess if anyone's listening, we will think of a quick vote. Maybe by the time this goes live, just afterwards, we'll put the vote in there. And you can vote for one of the films next next month if you're in the Facebook
0: group. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool. All right. Um thanks for listening. Uh if you enjoyed the show, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our fee music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Uh thanks. For listening, you can go join the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Uh, sure to give us a break, we'll be it a rating and review on iTunes. Um, thanks so we'll to Andy for doing the right horror You can go follow him on Twitter at Andy CT writes. You've nailed it there, thank you very much. And I'm at Luke of Combo UK. Nice one, yeah,
1: nice one. And we'll see the whole gang next week when Ben's back for his
0: holidays. All tan, I imagine. You got that nice... Where's he on again? New paint and Zoo. <laughs> paint, nice. Paint and Zoo tan. <laughs> all, right. all right. Talk all right. a bit. Bye. See you next week, guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.